Hey everybody, welcome to Easter Online at True Life Church. Hey, no matter where you're at, no matter how you found us or where you're watching from, we are so thrilled that you would spend a little bit of time with us today to celebrate our risen Lord and Savior. We're going to have some fun together, and I believe you're going to be encouraged and your heart's going to be moved today. It's an, it's an incredibly important day for, for those of us who, who follow Jesus, but also for, for those who don't know what that's all about yet. And I'm hoping today we'll connect with you in a, in a very special way. Before we go any further, though, I just want to give a huge shout out to all of our tech arts and creative team, the people who've been helping these services happen online, and, and everyone who had anything to do with putting together that kind of unique worship moment that we had today. Thank you for that. It's a, it's a privilege to get to serve alongside each and every one of you, and I appreciate how our team has really gone the extra mile to serve people and do church with excellence online. You guys are incredible. Uh, before I get into the message today, over the last several weeks I've been trying to find some of the best of what the internet has to offer to keep us feeling a little bit lighthearted during this really serious and in some cases tragic season that we're in right now. There's a, a lot of stuff going on in our world and a lot of uncertainty and I shared this with our church last week that the Bible says laughter is actually good for us in moments like this. A merry heart is good medicine is what the Bible says. And so obviously we don't take, take light all of the things that are happening in our world right now. Um, we don't ignore that there's pain and suffering, but we also think it's important to try to find some ways to have fun and, and laugh a little bit. And so I've been collecting uh, over the last several weeks some of the best memes and graphics that the internet has to offer to just to try to keep a little bit of laughter coming your way and so I thought I'd share a few of those with you today as we get started. Check, check out this first one. There is a prediction that there will be a minor baby boom, in, baby boom in nine months and then one day in 2033 we are going to witness the rise of the quarantines. Quarantines. Ha ha. Ha. I know that one's corny. That's, but this is the worst of all of them, okay? All right, we put this one first because it's the worst of all of them. Um, how about this? Day one of quarantine. I'm gonna meditate and do body weight training. This is gonna be awesome. Gonna get myself in shape. Day four of quarantine. Just, just pour ice cream on my pasta, please. It's just, let's just do it that way. Don't worry. If you hear laughter on this right now, we're we're all social distancing. We're we're following the rules, but there are guys in the room here helping to film and record this. Uh, uh, look at this one. Uh, so we've actually been able to develop a uh, quarantine version of Where's Waldo. So I'll just let that sink in for a second. I think that's, that is hilarious. <laughs> You're gonna get through that book very quickly. Very quickly. Uh, I, I, I can relate with this. I don't know how many of you can. Um, driving is one of the places where I tend to notice some of the deficiencies that exist in humanity. And uh, I just love this. Now that we have everyone washing their hands correctly, next week, turn signals. Yay. Let's, uh, let's work on that. Throwback Thursday on a Sunday. Y'all remember when it used to look like that? I think we have one more. Uh, <laughs> witnesses knowing that everybody's gonna be home. You're, 
come from Jehovah Witness. Actually, one of the guys in our room here has spent time around the Jehovah Witness faith, and certainly not my intent to offend anyone, but that's funny. I don't care what you say. That's funny. All right. Let's get into the Bible this morning. Matthew chapter 14, verse 29. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus. What's going on here? The disciples are out on a boat. The winds and the waves kick up. It turns into a crisis. I've been talking about this for a couple weeks as a church. They're in this moment that is a, it becomes a storm and it's very dangerous for them. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus comes out walking on the water to meet the disciples. He saves them. He rescues them. And they think he's a ghost at first. When they realize it's Jesus, when Jesus says, hey, don't be afraid, it's me, Peter says, hey, Lord, if it's really you, I want to come walk on the water too. And so Jesus invites him over the side of the boat. He begins to walk on the water. But when he takes his eyes off of Jesus and starts looking at the storm again, he begins to sink. He begins to sink. He was terrified and, and he yells out, Lord, save me. And um, what I want to do today on Easter Sunday, what I've really been trying to do for the last couple weeks, for those of you who have been joining us, is help us keep our eyes from getting focused on the crisis, on the wind and the waves. We're not putting our head in the sand. We're not pretending it's not here and it's not real. But we're going to keep our eyes on Jesus. We're going to keep our eyes on Jesus because he is the answer to the storm. It's more important than ever right now to keep our eyes on Jesus. And I actually don't think Easter could possibly come at a better time. I have a lot of friends who are pastors, people in ministry, and uh, if I'm honest with you, there are parts of this that we don't like. We'd rather be gathering with people. We'd rather have the large crowds. We'd rather be hugging and high-fiving and, and all of that. But you know, God has a plan for all of this. God wants to use it. And um, there's a lot of death being talked about right now. It's, it's all over the news. It's all over the airwaves. It's all over the social media feeds and the headlines. And I think Easter comes at a perfect moment because what Jesus does is he reminds us that death is not final. Death is not an end. Death is a beginning. And we witness the resurrection power of our Lord and Savior. And we get reminded that that same power, that same resurrection power that brought Jesus out of the dead is what comes to life inside of each of every one of us when we step into relationship with Jesus. There are really two kinds of people going through this crisis right now. Those with hope because they know there's an eternity that they can wait for and hope for and that this world is temporary and those without hope because they're going through life without Jesus. It's the best possible time for us to have Easter. I want to show you a passage of scripture that comes from the book of Isaiah. It's, it's actually a prophecy foretelling of Jesus' death and the way he gives his life for our sins. And it, and it tells ahead of time his death and, and speaks of the suffering that he's going to go through and his uh, resurrection and why all of this happens. And it says in Isaiah chapter 53 that he was despised and rejected, a man of sorrows. He felt sorrow. He felt pain. He was acquainted with deepest grief. The Bible says we turned our backs on him and looked the other way. He was despised and we didn't care. Yet, it was our weakness that he carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. And, and we thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sin. It wasn't. 
He was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sin, beaten so that we could be whole, whipped so that we could be healed. All of us, it says, like sheep, have strayed away. We've left God's paths to follow our own. It's a huge question you should wrestle with today. Am I on my own path? Or am I on God's path? To follow our own. Yet the Lord laid on him the sins of us all. I want to I share this thought with you this morning. And here's really this message breaks down into two pieces. The first part is just to kind of encourage you and remind you who Jesus is. And then the second part is, is really where we get into the meat of this. And I'm going to try to encourage you to follow Jesus with all your heart. But I, I want to help you with something this morning. That this idea that, that Jesus, he suffered. He felt human pain and emotion. A couple statements I want to make to you. Here's the first one. Jesus is not just the answer in your storm. I want to be clear, he is the answer in the storm. He is. But he's more than that. He came and he suffered. He, he felt human pain. It's what we call in, if you were to go take a Bible college class, we would call it the theology or the doctrine of identification. That, that Jesus isn't just the answer to the storm, he actually identifies with you in the storm. Like he knows what it's like. He's felt every human emotion that you and I feel. He identifies with it. He gets it. He understands. He, he knows what it's like to go through whatever it is that you're having to go through right now. He identifies with you. And I just find that so incredibly encouraging that he is both the answer and he's not just some, God is not just some cosmic, far off, spiritual ogre waiting for a chance to, to punish us. He, he's not just sitting out in the galaxy somewhere with a list of things for you to do and not do and rules for you to follow. And he identifies with you. He gets it. He understands who you are and what it's like to be you. And as I was preparing this message and I was studying and I'm praying, I was really struggling with where I felt like the Holy Spirit was taking me because even though this is great, I was asking this question. Okay, God, what does that have to do with Easter? I'm, I'm very thankful that you are both the answer and that you identify with what I'm going through in my life. But what does that have to do with the Easter message? And let me tell you where I ended up on this in prayer is that it has everything to do with the Easter message. We don't even get to have this conversation today. We don't even get to talk about who Jesus is to us and for us without the Easter story, without the death, the burial, and the resurrection. That's what makes all of this possible. The death, the burial, and the resurrection. He gave his life for our sin. He was, he was buried. It's, it's really it's symbolic of our past and our sin being put away and it's dead and there's an old version of our life that dies when we come into a relationship with Jesus. He's raised from the dead to show us this new life and this new power that becomes available to us through a relationship with Jesus. It's the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Actually, the death, the burial, and the resurrection, the Easter story, is, is what makes the fulfillment of this passage of Scripture possible. Jesus is talking and he says, Hey, I am the gate. I'm the way in and the way out. This happens in a, in a passage of Scripture where Jesus is talking about He's using this story, this illustration of his relationship with humanity. And, and he's, 
he's using this picture, this idea of a shepherd and sheep. You and I are sheep. Jesus is the shepherd. He's a good shepherd. And he says, hey, I'm the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. And I, I found something interesting as I was looking at this passage of scripture. This word saved right here more accurately uh, translates into the word delivered, deliverance. In other words, you and I, because of our, our default setting, we're, we're sinners. We're not perfect. We're going to mess it up. But if we come through the gate, Jesus Christ, we will be saved from the, from the, the penalty of that sin, the penalty of our mistakes. We'll be delivered from it. We'll never have to pay for it. This is speaking to eternal life with Christ. So this life is going to end. It's not going to last forever. And then I'm going to go into eternity. I'm going to spend that in the presence of God. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they may have life. And this life is different from the eternal life. This life is, is in present tense. It's the, in your Bible, in the Greek, it's the word zoe. You're going to have life right now and have it to the full. And this translates to like, Jesus wants to have you to have an unfair advantage. It speaks to favor. Your, your life is supposed to be full. It's, it's not a tangible stuff full. It's a spiritual fulfillment full. And so there's an eternal life and there's a right now life. And Jesus is saying, hey, if you come to me, if you come through the gate, you're going to get the eternal life and then your life right now is going to change as well. Why? Because of what he did for us on the cross. It's very similar to the language we see in John chapter 14, verse 6, where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And it's at this point, I want to give a shout out to my good friend Josh, or my new friend Josh. I shouldn't say good friend yet. We don't know each other that well. Uh, who I hope is watching online today. I've invited him. And it was actually our conversation recently that inspired everything I'm going to say from this point on in the message. Why? Why does Jesus say, I'm the gate? Why does Jesus say, I'm the way? Why? Why, why, why is it so important for Jesus to say that? Isn't it, isn't it just good enough? Wouldn't it just be enough for me to try to be a good person, shouldn't that really be all that it takes for me to experience eternal life? And, and here's, here's the problem with that, is if, if that's going to be our line of thinking, then we have to be able to answer this question, how good is good enough? Those of you who've been a part of our church long enough, you know, it seems like we always find ourselves back here on Easter. Because I feel like one of the things we have to do on Easter weekend to celebrate what Jesus did for us and the freedom we have in him is tear down the religious mindset that so many of us live with. So many of us are going through life thinking, if I can just do enough of the right things, God will be happy with me, and then I'll, I'll get to spend eternity with him. And that's, that is not how it works. Because then who decides what's good? How do you know what's good enough? And, and what's good enough for you you may interpret that different than I would. And if I'm left to interpret what's good enough to be rewarded with eternity, doesn't that make me God? How do we, how do we, how good is good enough? We've asked this question before, but you know, this year 
as I was studying this, I felt like we should flip the coin. There's another side to this. We don't just have to figure out how good is good enough. Let me ask you this. How bad is bad enough? If this all came down to my works and the life I live on planet Earth right now and just being a good person, then how good is good enough to get, to get into heaven, to get the reward, and how bad is bad enough to miss out? Who gets to decide? Who gets to make that decision? Jesus actually helped us answer this question in one of the final conversations he had before his death. Luke 23, 39. One of the criminals hanging beside him scoffs. So Jesus is hanging on the cross. The Bible tells us there are two criminals being crucified at the same time. And one of them scoffs at Jesus. And he says, so you're the Messiah, are you? Prove it by saving yourself. And save us too while you're at it. But the other criminal protested. He says, hey, don't you, don't you fear God even when you've been sentenced to die? Look at this. We deserve to die. Here's a guy that says, I know I'm bad enough to deserve to be right here where I'm at. Paying the penalty with my life. I'm that bad. We, we deserve to die for our crimes, but this man hasn't done anything wrong. And then, he's, then he said, Jesus, would you remember me when you come into your kingdom? And Jesus replies, no, you're too bad. You've been too bad of a guy. You haven't been good enough. No, no, no. That's not at all what Jesus says. What does he say? I assure you today, you will be with me in paradise. And that, that, that thief on the cross never has an opportunity to go make good. To go undo all of the bad. To undo all of the bad choices he's made in his life. Let me tell you what this proves to us. It, it proves this, that my eternity is not determined by how much I know. Like, I've got my Bible laying here. I could, I could memorize this book cover to cover, and it doesn't determine my eternity. It's not what it's about. My eternity is not determined by how much I do. My, deter my eternity is not determined by how hard I try. It's not about any of those things. Doesn't matter how much you know, doesn't matter how much you do, doesn't matter how hard you work at it, doesn't matter how hard you try. My, my eternity is determined by one thing. It's who I know. The thief proves this to us. Hey, listen, if you're watching today and you could go look yourself in the mirror right now, you, you probably could. Most of us are in our home. If, if you look back at what's staring you in the mirror and you were to grade yourself on a scale between good and bad, can I just tell you, no matter where you would place yourself on that scale of bad to good, it doesn't matter. It's a relationship with Jesus Christ. He's the gate. He is the way that makes eternal life possible for us. That's the Easter message. He gave his life. He died. He went and battled the enemy on our behalf. And he rose up from the dead. And the Bible says the same power that brings him out of the dead comes to life inside of us. So that we now have power over our old habits and our old choices. And we're free to go live the life that God wants for us. It's a beautiful thing.
not about how hard you try. It's not about how hard you work. You can never pray the right prayers. You can never recite enough scripture. You could never have good enough church attendance to be acceptable to God. It's not about what you do. It's about who you know. And so I have to ask you this morning, do you know him? Do you know him? The Easter story, really, it's, it's really this. As Jesus is hanging on the cross, it says he, he shouts out one last time and releases his spirit. And at that moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple, and there was this huge curtain that separated the Holy of Holies, the place where God's presence resided. And only certain people could go there. And a, a long list of rituals and rules had to be met before you could go there. And in this moment where Jesus gives his life, that curtain gets ripped from top to bottom. It's symbolic of the fact that you and I, because of the Easter story now, have access to the presence of God. That moment, the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook. Rocks split apart. There's a whole bunch of other stuff that happens here. I just don't have time to share it with you today. That's what Easter's all about. It's not about what you do. It's about who you know. And I have to ask you today, do you know the one who is both the answer to your storms and he also identifies with your storms because he's been through his own storm. He was crushed, bruised, beaten, mocked, rejected, tempted. He knows what it's like to be you. So we have to ask this, what comes next? What comes next? And what I hope comes next for you is that you would say this, like Paul did, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. Do you know you can have that? It's not just you can read about him and know about him. You can experience his power in your life. So let's wrap it up. Three things you can do, three decisions you can make today to help you know him. Here's the first one. Love him. Make a choice today. God, I'm going to love you. Why? Why would I do that, Michael? Because he did it first. He loved us first. And he didn't have to. He's God. He didn't owe that to us. But he chose to. So what better response could we have but to turn back and say, I'm going I'm to bring my love to you, Jesus, because of what you did for me. Thank you that I don't have to earn this, that I could never earn it. That you paid the penalty for my sins so that I could be in a relationship with my Heavenly Father. Love Him. Here's the second thing. Pursue Him. Go after Him. If you're anything like me, you, you could actually take advantage of the season we're in right now to do this. Talk to Him. Develop a relationship with Him. Jeremiah 29, 13 says, You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Are you doing that? Are you seeking Him with all your heart? Here's the last one. I'm going to give him my life. I'm going to give him my life. And if you haven't ever done that today, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do it. Because Jesus said this, if you try to hang on to your life, if you try to hang on to your way of doing things, if you keep trying to work for it, be good enough for it. If you keep looking in the mirror trying to judge yourself on that scale of good to bad, you're actually just going to end up losing it. But if you'll stop all that mess, if you'll give up religion and come to relationship, if you'll give up your life for my sake, Jesus says, you'll actually save it. You'll save it. And here's how I want to close the message today. 
Every Easter we do this. Usually we do it in person. Today we're going to do it online. And I want to ask you right there in your home, wherever you're at, to bow your head and close your eyes for a second. We're just going to have a moment of prayer. And um, we actually have a digital connection card, an online connection card that you can get to through the True Life Church app. We'd love it if you would go use that. We're going to post links to it right now in our chat and on Facebook Live. And we'd love for you to go fill out this online connection card today. And there's a survey at the end of the connection card that gives you four options. The first one is letter A, which stands for I already have a relationship with Jesus. I'm already serving him. And, and a whole bunch of you, that's going to be the letter you check. And I'm thrilled that that's where you're at. And if you're checking letter A today, I would ask you to spend the rest of our time together this morning or this evening, whenever you're watching, praying for the others. Because some of us today need to check letter B, which stands for I'm ready to begin a relationship with Jesus today. I'm ready to begin a relationship with Jesus. I want to know him. I want to experience his power in my life. Some of you today, maybe you're not quite ready to do that. You would check letter C, which says I'm considering a relationship with Jesus. I don't have one, but I'm I'm considering it. I'm thinking about it. And then there's letter D, and I just want you to, I want to be right up front with you. If you check letter D, we're going to be praying for you. But letter D would just say, I definitely am not interested in a relationship with Jesus right now. Definitely not. And, um, you know, every year we have people who at one time check D, and then they check C, and then they check B. And so what I want to do is if you're checking that, if you would check that box B today, I want to I have a moment of prayer with you. And you can just pray this prayer. This is how we begin a relationship with Jesus right there at. You can just say, Jesus, today I'm ready to begin a relationship with you. Surrender my life to you. Thank you for the Easter story, your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Thank you for paying a price I would never be able to pay on my own. I believe you did die for me. And I believe you were raised from the dead three days later. And from this day on, Jesus, my life belongs to you. I'm a believer now. I'm saved. I'm being delivered. And I will get both an eternal life, and I believe you're going to work in me to begin to change my life right now. Thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, thank you again for joining us on Easter. I hope this message has spoken to you and encouraged you. We're so... uh thankful for each and every one of you that are joining us online today. Let me say a prayer blessing over each and every one of you today before we go. Heavenly Father, thank you for each and every person watching, whether it's morning, afternoon, or evening. Thank you for the Easter story. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for moving in our lives today. Thank you for reminding us that we can both know you and experience the power. Thank you for being the answer and the one who walks through it with us and identifies with what's going on in our lives. Be with each and every person this week. I pray your blessing and your favor and your protection over them in Jesus' name. Amen.